Uh, okay, I'm going to hit record in three, two, one. Go, Wyatt, go. Salutations and welcome back to the greatest podcast this side of the Mississippi. That's right, we're talking about foreign to films. I'm Wyatt Hensel, your host for this week and last week. And I'm joined by some wonderful compatriots of mine, Cole Floatman. Hello. And howdy. Tori Tori Smith. Yep, that's me. (laughs) And Emma Haynes. Yo, yo. And today we're going to talk about a foreign film. That's kind of that's kind of our shtick on this podcast. We're going to talk about wow. a different foreign film each time. Uh, this time we're doing the film Embrace of the Serpent, coming in from uh, Colombia, and it has. Uh, I think this has the most languages of any film we've talked about so far. Yep. That, well, that's, that's not hard to do. <laughs> this film, according to Wikipedia, has at least ten spoken languages in it. Uh, half of them indigenous languages of the Amazon. It's That's cool. really cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's, it's really convenient neat. that our our one South American on our podcast uh, is not <laughs> present today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll I'll have to skedoodle, but Emma Emma luckily could sub in for us and had conveniently seen the film, so she's gonna be here to talk about it with us. Yeah, I guess we should jump right in. Emma, do you want to give a synopsis of the film? Alrighty. According to Wikipedia, Embrace of the Serpent, or El Abrazo de la Serpiente, is a 2015 Colombian internationally co-produced adventure drama film directed by Ciro Guerra and written by Guerra and... Okay. Shot almost entirely in black and white, (laughs) the film follows two journeys made 30 years apart by the indigenous shaman Karamakate in the Colombian Amazonian jungle, one with Theo, a German ethnographer, and the other with Evan, an American botanist, both of whom are searching for the rare plant Yakuna. It was inspired by the travel diaries of Theodore Koch Grunberg and Richard Evan Schultes, and dedicated to lost Amazonian cultures. Yeah. Cole, do you want to give the, uh, the abbreviated synopsis? Yeah, okay. River, jaguar, rubber bad, white people bad, Amazon good. Heck yeah. I approve of that synopsis. <laughs> All right. I suppose we should uh, go around and see what we kind of thought about it. Some first impressions, some second impressions. Uh, Tori, what do you awesome. think? Yes. So I know I was really hard on the last film. Um, I feel like maybe I'll be like the hard critic during this because I just feel like I have like hard opinions whatever but I loved this film I thought it was really cool uh because it's been a couple days since we've watched it um but my first impression was that it was like creatively just very I don't know just very awesome I don't know I am really bad at describing words uh, but I loved it, and maybe I'll come up with something smarter to say later. Okay, Cole, your turn. Okay, um, well, gosh, I don't even know what to say about, like, the artist artistry of this movie, just because I was so, like, I don't know, I just want to talk about, like, all the historical, like, context and stuff, because that's what I'm into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I thought the decision to make it all in black and white was really interesting. I really liked the the split stories um of like the 30 years later um kind of thing and oh man i just i really liked this movie a lot 
mostly because I'm big into languages, but there was a lot of reasons why I liked it. But those are a secret. Emma, what did you think? I also really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was cool. I really liked Karamakate or whatever his, his name is. Mm-hmm. He, and I thought it was interesting because uh, throughout the movie, yeah, there is like this two separate stories um, with Evan and then the other German dude. Theo, uh, right? Yeah, Theo. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I really enjoyed how throughout the movie you ended up you end up realizing why exactly those two people are in this the Karamakate's life. Uh, I don't know. I I really enjoyed the the story and the yes, also the black and white de- daguerreotype or whatever. What it daguerreotype. was. Daguerreotype. It's based on yeah, yeah. So if we can talk about like the cinematography. The black and white is specifically designed to look like daguerreotype uh, uh, photography, which was popular around like the turn of the century when uh, half the film takes place. It's like this kind of very like old National Geographic kind of like photography, you know, and it like really evokes like, oh, nature, but like old nature. Why? What did you think of the film? I really like this film. Yeah, I I think this film is really cool. It's a hard watch in some ways. I think I haven't seen a lot of films that have handled kind of the impact of colonialism in such a engaging way that also kind of brings home like how terrible uh, a toll that like colonialism like takes on a culture and a community. Yeah. Uh, all I was going to say is that I definitely could not look away during this entire film. Like, it was so engaging. And, like, I was just, like, enthralled, like, in the entire uh, movie. And it was just so, like, I don't, not breathtaking, but it was just so engaging that I was like, I can't miss any of this. Like, I'm on the edge of my seat the whole time. I, I couldn't look away because I had to keep reading subtitles. Um. Because I'm not in the language that too. of Amazon. I think though there were, like for me personally, like the two most interesting conflicts, not even conflicts, was like themes of the movie, um, was like the unintentional consequences of just the two men being there in the Amazon with like uh, Von Martius leaving his compass and just like, and his, you know, qualms about that and how if they learn how to use the compass, then they're going to forget their traditional knowledge, which is an interesting conflict to have uh, in the film. And also just the paradox of anthropologists observing a place and the effects that they have on it, which is not a theme that's uh, explored very much. And I also really like the character of Manduka and his conflicts um, and camaraderie with Karamakate. Uh, but it was very yeah. interesting because they had very different attitudes about how to reach white people. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should kind of talk about um, our protagonist a little bit, Karamakate. So there's young Karamakate and then there's, there's older Karamakate, right? The right. Two have, the two halves of the film are shot or, or take place 31 years apart. Uh, young Karamakate, the actor who plays him, Nobio Torres, he is actually of like an indigenous Amazonian tribe. I believe the Akanai, and like he's one of the last ones, like there's only like 16 left, like in the world kind of thing. 
And so like he is actually of like a tribe that's like disappearing off the face of the earth. In the film, Karamakate is the last of his tribe and he's a shaman, right? And so we see him as like kind of a young emboldened man when he's traveling with this German guy, Theo. And then like as this kind of old, maybe slightly going senile guy when he's traveling with, with Evans uh, later on. Uh, I feel I felt so bad for him. I was like, oh no, because he's just like losing his memory. He's losing. And like, he's the last of repository the... of mm-hmm. like his culture. Right. Yeah. And it, that was just very, very sad to see. Uh, but it kind of made me like proud of the younger version of him because he was so stubborn. He was like, I will uh, keep this. Like, I will not lose my culture. So it kind of seen the older version of Karamakate and seeing the younger one, it just kind of, it was a good connection in terms of like, I could understand why he wanted to be so stubborn because he was the last one to, to really know his people's ways and then to lose it. Especially um, when he was trying to impart uh, like his knowledge to those children that were at the the missionary, uh, the church the or whatever. Yeah, the mission. Yeah. yeah, seeing him like so desperate to at least impart uh, some knowledge to these children who were being or converted to Catholicism. And then to see him eventually just not even know how to make, uh, like I think it was chewing tobacco that he was mm-hmm. making. Yeah. And to see his frustration with that because it's just, it means so much to him to have that knowledge and that those traditions yeah i was just gonna say it was really interesting because he's not really the last of his people in the sense that like at the end he goes or like towards the end he goes and visits um as a younger man he like goes and visits the the village where his people are now living and they've become so what's it called hispanicized i don't know like they've they've adopted so many aspects of like uh spanish culture and like broader like colombian culture so it's like it's it raises an interesting point about like the what it means to be the last one of your people when like the people are still around but like you're like kind of the last repository of your knowledge and like traditional heritage and like where that comes into play with like people as shown in the movie i mean they all were maybe um chased out of that area by the colombian soldiers it was unclear what happened to them but it, it, he's probably not the last one of his people group. They're just maybe not living the way that he does. Like uh, Manduka is his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like the conflict between him and Karamakate. Like, I am not familiar with those indigenous languages, so I was not always, like, with the terms that they were using, but I think it was assumed that um, Karamakate was calling Manduka basically like an Uncle Tom. And that that struggle, like with um, yeah, keeping hold of your traditions, and at least in Manduka's case, like his his love for his friend Theo, and his desire to help his people in a way that his people may not appreciate. Yeah, but also it. I mean, Theo saved his life. Like he was. Um, his colony was taken over by what was it like that that rubber like the, the rubber, rubber barons yeah. yeah the rubber barons and 
then Theo basically paid for his freedom so that he could leave. So I think Manduka was already kind of compromised in terms of like, we don't know how long he was with the rubber barons. And so we don't know how much he could have changed before Theo stepped in. We come across the rubber barons a little later in the film, or specifically like the rubber fields in mm-hmm. the forest and like the horrors that were perpetrated on the indigenous people that were forced to work to scrape the rubber off of these trees, you know, in the middle of the Amazon. And we come across this man who, he has his eye gouged out, is that it? And yeah. he's missing an arm and, and his legs an appear to be braced. Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that, but with the legs. He's been punished for, for varying degrees of like disobedience towards the rubber barons. And we can mm-hmm. see, yeah, we see like the price of capitalism kind of is right there. God, that was so sad. But question to you guys. So, because I didn't, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't see it. But was the shot intentionally missed or was there just no good um, gunpowder in the gun in order for him to shoot the guy? Because he ended up not killing him. I thought it was intentional, but I, I, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of the the gunpowder possibility. Because it wasn't clear to me that it was unintentional or that it was intentional. So I just wanted to know your guys' thoughts. <laughs> I read it as he, I read it as the gunpowder wasn't there or it, like it had maybe gotten what? Okay. And was not used. But I don't know. I think that's a nice little ambiguity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about the, the plant? That is the ostensible reason for making these journeys down the river. The Yakuna. The Yakuna, yes. I will say that I definitely liked Theo more than, what's his, what was the other guy's name? Evan. The Nazi. Evan. Um, well, no, 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 he wasn't. No, that's, no he was American. He was American. Uh, the American. Monger, yeah. Yeah, but. He happened to be blonde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Theo was there, like, seeking knowledge for the sake of knowledge, not to, like, get an upper hand on anything, which was really nice. But Evan was there to kind of capitalize on this plant, and I did not like that at all. And I'm glad he didn't get any. He was there to save lives, right? Evan or Theo? Evan. Because he he was was working for the military, and he was trying to find... A means of purifying rubber. Yeah, help the, the cause. Help I guess. the war effort. See, I didn't see either of them. Fewer Americans being, from dying. I didn't see either of them as per- being particularly genuous in their like search for truth or like in learning how to dream, which is kind of the, it's part of that is that like neither of them really dream. And like that's like kind of the ostensible reason for searching for Yakruna is to be able to, I don't know, access the. Uh, the dreams um, through Cappy, which is the drink, um, the hallucinogen. Um, but like the first guy, Theo, he seemed more interested because he himself was dying and that he was looking for it as like a, a potential cure for his illness, maybe not necessarily his spiritual well-being. I don't know. It seemed like both of them had ulterior motives. I mean, who 
would want to die. So, like, obviously, he's looking for something to save his life. Um, But I think, I mean, first of all, I don't know if either one of those men were, you know, 100% pure in their intentions, but Theo definitely seemed to be there for himself in in terms of, no, like, he was, like, respecting the the cultures and, like, taking part in them and learning for the sake of knowledge. Like, he wasn't trying to get an upper hand, hand on anything. But Evan was there, like, for a purpose, and I don't know, he just didn't seem as genuine for anything. And he also lied about his intentions, unlike Theo, who was completely honest, as far as I'm aware, like, throughout the journey. Yeah. It was interesting because Evan gave more up for the search for the Yukuna. Like, Mar- Von Martius, like, refused to get rid of his baggage. He had such a fit about the compass and, like, all that, but, like, Evan was the one who actually, like, got rid of all of his stuff and basically, like, put all of his faith into Karamakate, um, even though he was maybe going to shoot him. The way that I looked, like, the way that I interpreted that was that Evan had all of these, like, worldly possessions that didn't matter, but that Theo had, like, actually something to like, he had important stuff. I don't know. I didn't see it so much as Evan giving away everything so much as, I don't know, he didn't have, like, actually anything of importance. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Do you think Evan learned more by getting rid of his, like, scientific implements and all his stuff and then going on to experience, like, the whole journey with Karamakate as opposed to Thea, who like clung on to all of his like papers and such. I don't know that Evan really learned anything. I think in the end he just got played. I think but he totally no. did. He, I mean, the, the, I think the, I, the main point is that he didn't end up killing Makaro Makate. And that I think it was implied <laughs> that he didn't go back and expose the rubber. Um, because one, he got rid of all his stuff saying where the rubber was. Um, he got, I mean, he did the Yakuna thing, and now he has basically nothing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'd like to think that the the Yakuna experience made him not do stuff. It's a little hard for me to see Von Martius as more moral, too, because God, uh, parts of it, he was very patronizing to Karamakate. Um, they both kind of both were, but... Well, they're both two white men who come from you know, superior civilizations in their eyes. So they're bound to be a little patronizing, I think, was what their characters were written as. Does it change anyone's view of the film to know it was inspired by the journals, the scientific journals of these two respective men? I kind of assumed that that was the case throughout the movie. Yeah, Yeah, I'd like to read their work I'm assuming von Martius is in German, so I don't know if that's accessible to me. Uh, But I'd like to see if, you know, what what they actually wrote about the cultures there. I mean, I'm not really into botany that much, but I'd like to see what they wrote about, like, um, (laughs) the the groups that they met along the way and their views. (laughs) Honestly, all of my 
things that I got from the movie could be wrong. I probably should go watch it again because it is like a good movie and it is complex. Like it's not, I don't think there's any like right or wrong answer except for that the cults in the film were messed up. Oh, we should talk about, we should talk about the uh, cult. Do you want to go for it, Wyatt? So during his first journey down the river, we, as, as was uh, spoken about before, he stops by a mission where all these indigenous children have been captured and are being like raised Catholic now uh, by this, this priest in the middle of the jungle. And then when we come along on the, on the later expedition, a cult has been established that is this kind of, how, how would you describe it? Like this kind of Magi Christian mix with indigenous beliefs. And there's this self-proclaimed Messiah there. Uh, the boys are all grown up. They're no longer cute little children. They are decidedly middle-aged men. And, and yeah, they have um, this weird kind of bastardization religion that is not, I think one of the characters mentions it's not quite Christian and not quite Indian. He's, uh, Karamakate said it was the worst of both worlds. Yeah. It's like, it's the worst of both of them. When, yeah. What I really enjoyed with that, if you guys, did you guys, um, well, there, there were, uh, like, close-ups to the plaques, like, on the buildings. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the plaques was, like, uh, in thanks to the, uh, rubber people who, uh, came in order to, uh, convert this cannibalistic and savage group of people and then we come there later like 30 years later and this cult uh like the the climax of that whole that scene is um the the messiah gets eaten by his uh cult members that was so weird i thought it was that was i was I was watching it at the same time as Tori and I was chatting and when it first came up to the, the cult, like when they first were pulling up to it uh, in their canoe, I was just like, oh, this is interesting. It's like a mix between uh, indigenous religion and Christianity. And then like the cult actually happened. It was so interesting because um, I don't know if anyone caught this, but uh, there was like, I think there was a, a body that was like up on a cross that they had like killed. Yeah. Right? Like they had crucified someone. And over it, it said caboclo, um, which is the same term that Karamakate called Manduka earlier. Um, that kind of like mestizo term for indigenous and like Spanish. Um, so it was interesting because it was like they were condemning this person for being caboclo. And it was like they were rejecting this like syncretic mixture of the two. But like the cult leader was very clearly not indigenous. He was like probably like mestizo. <laughs> and like the whole faith was like, a mixture of indigenous faith and, and uh, Christianity. And so it was very interesting that they were like condemning that and also trying to remain secret. It was very weird. <laughs> yeah, I was texting Cole the entire time because like we were watching the movie at the same time. And I just remember I kept texting, what the hell? Like every <laughs> 10 seconds. I was just like, what the hell? And I was my mind was being blown and I was also very disturbed but like in a in a good cinematic way that like they got to me which is what the whole scene is about. I remember when uh they left the children basically by themselves because Karen Makate 
Or was it Manduka? One of them had accidentally killed the head priest dude. I, so it, was Man, it was Manduka. Manduka. So, I, I mean, like, it's a very ripe for some Lord of the Flies stuff to happen. <laughs> Immediately, we were Did introduced you? to what happened. And yeah. it was about right. Did you guys have a favorite Karamakate? Did you prefer old Karamakate or young Karamakate? Young. Young? I think yeah, old. I think young. Oh. Old. What'd you say, Cole? Old seemed, one, old was just a little bit more sympathetic just because I just felt so bad for him. Like when he was like, I don't even remember how to make uh, mambe or whatever it was. And he's like, I, he couldn't remember things. I mean, I don't know, because it's weird because I'm just like, older Kara Makate was more like open to like, like Evan sharing the knowledge, which is weird because I don't want to be like, oh, that's definitely the better choice. As like, <laughs> like, I don't want to be like that, but also I'm just, like the older him was slightly sadder, so it made me feel for him more. Wyatt, do you have a, a favorite? I think young Karamakate is the sex symbol of our time. Oh my gosh. Was that ritual scarring on his back or was it paint? I, I don't know like Amazonian practices, so I don't know if that was like tattoos. Um, I really like it. I think it must have been scarring because it was it's it never leaves and I don't think he would care enough to like <laughs> paint it on himself the exact way every single day when he knows he's going to be in a river <laughs> mm. it gets wet in the rainforest did you guys did you guys like the images of the rainforest did you find it relaxing I enjoyed it and I thought the dagger type however you say it daguerreotype i thought it um lent really well to uh allowing you to uh recognize all the aspects of the jungle visually without being too too visually just because it's so col the jungle is so colorful and green and I, I thought it helped uh you be able to absorb the details of the forest better without being just the uh, overexposed uh, the all, all of it you know do we have do we want to wrap it up i guess does anyone else have anything yes do we want to give our kind of final rating on it last time we oh, gave wait. ratings out of I, six can I, can I bring up one more thing before oh yeah i thought it was the one thing that remained opaque to me in the movie was like the imagery of the the snake obviously like the serpent um which at some times was kind of obvious that it was supposed to be the river um, with like the whole overhead shots of like the river snaking its way, which, you know, was nice. And then the jaguar. And I sometimes the that symbolism of the the snake and the jaguar and like jaguar eating the snake's babies or the snake eating its own babies. Uh, some part I was like, I don't know whether this is just Amazonian like imagery to help set the tone or what the symbolism is. And I have no idea. Did you think the jaguar could have been like the Europeans at all? See, I was going to say the jaguar was like Karamakate, but <laughs> Interesting. I have no idea. Because they're both such like inherently Amazonian things that I don't. Or if they're two frames of mind that Karamakate goes through or something. The snake and the jaguar. Because I know it, it was in relation to his cop copy dreams. Like he was told separately by the snake uh, he was told by the snake to kill the to kill Theo, right? And then by the jaguar to protect him. Uh, something like that. I thought. I think it was 
the snake said that he was going to die, that, like, Theo was going to die, but the jaguar was saying protect him. Okay. Do you think Kiramakate felt a little guilty at the end? Like, I feel like maybe part of his attitudes towards Evan were because he learned from Evan that Von Marsh's died, um, like, in the rainforest. Because, like, the last he sees of uh, Theo is, like, he burns all the Yukruna and then he, like, goes away. And then later he's, like, he's probably, like, old like me. And Evan's, like, no, he died here. <laughs> so I wonder if Karabankate felt a little bit bad. I think that's definitely part of it, yeah. And he saw Evan as, like, a, as a chance for doing it right this time, quote-unquote. But, or, like, I don't know, just changing. <laughs> yeah. Again, I prefer younger Karamakate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he was well within his right to do what he did. Do we want to give final rankings now? From yeah. how we felt about how many Jaguar spots out of, out of six? Okay. Okay. Uh, I'd give it a, you know what? I'll give it a 5.2 out of six Jaguar spots. I liked it a lot. Um, some parts felt weird. Honestly, the cult part didn't resonate with me at all. But I think the movie really highlighted like a variety of it really highlighted like indigenous agency from several of the of the on-screen portrayals and i thought that was really nice um i would give it a, i would give it a 5 out of 6 jaguar spots yeah i really enjoyed this film it's not it's not my favorite uh that i've ever seen but it was like it was really good i would also give it a 5 out of 6 because i hesitate to get it to give anything like six out of six because I yeah but um I don't know I I can't really think of anything that I that I didn't like out of the movie like I really enjoyed the movie a lot and I learned a lot and I just thought it was very engaging and interesting and visually very pleasing I'm gonna give it six out of six I think I think the movie does kind of everything right I think I can't think of anything I would want out of the movie that it doesn't deliver. I think it's also just a really noble movie. When, what's the director's name? Uh, Guira made the film. He had a lot of showings in the Amazon, like in the Colombian Amazon for people, like after it was done. And they were almost always met with like encore performances and stuff. And like always to like sold out houses and like custom built theaters for people. And I think that's like a really cool thing. And there's not a lot of like indigenous Amazonian representation just in the world writ large. You know what? Wyatt, you have convinced me. I'm changing my rating. It's a six. I'll bump mine to a three just to be contrarian. I I don't. All right. I think everyone should watch this movie. It's pretty good. It's on Amazon Prime, um, and you can probably find it if you pirate films, though we don't condone that. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. no, no, Next Next week, we'll be watching the film Honeyland, coming straight out of Macedonia from last year. It can be found on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, All right. It's a documentary about beekeepers. How do we want to sign out this time? Do we all want to, do we all want to give like a little, like a snake hiss? I was going to say jaguar roar. No. I'm going to do both at the same time. All right. Ready? Three. Two, one. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Foreign to Film.